Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 76. We're going to talk about 10 bounce back players. Players that are going to bounce back, I believe, in the 2020 season compared to what they did in the 2019 season. So you guys know that every year there are many players that disappoint Dynasty owners not living up to their perceived value. Dynasty owners then have to evaluate if their poor year is a sign that they're declining assets or if it's just a poor year based on other circumstances and that they're poised to be a bounce-back player next year. Um, I believe that the 10 players I'm going to list here are in the latter category of that, that they can bounce back. I expect that they will bounce back in 2020. Next week, I plan to do a podcast where I list the opposite, 10 players that I don't believe are going to bounce back, that they are, in fact, declining assets. But today, let's start first with the 10 that I believe um, are going to bounce back. These are in no particular order. I just go by running back, wide receiver, and then one tight end. Um, no particular order here, but let's begin. These are the bounce back players for 2020, in my opinion. First is James Conner. So Conner finished the year as the number 34 ranked running back, but last year he ended the season as the number six ranked running back. So pretty big fall from 36 to, from uh, number six to 34 last year. I believe that he'll bounce back. Connor missed six games uh, this year with an injury and was also limited in his carries and many of the games that he did play just to protect him from further damage. If you remember that, they did that a lot at the end of the season, just gave him limited carries to try to protect his shoulder. Uh, he was averaging 16 points per game before his injury, which is pretty close to his average of 20 points per game in 2018, so not too far off from the pace he was at in 2018. Um, but I think it's a, the, the injury was not his only problem. I think the biggest problem was Ben Roethlisberger only played one complete game with him this year, which really brought down the whole Pittsburgh offense. This is crazy. They scored Pittsburgh's offense scored 26.8 points per game in 2018, and then this last year after Ben went down, they scored 18.1 points per game. So thus, Connor's touchdowns dropped from 12 in 2018 to just 4 in 2019. Huge drop-off there, largely because the offense couldn't move with these backup quarterbacks. Plus, Connor's backups, Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell, didn't show that they were able to be more effective than Connor while he was injured, so they didn't really prove that they could beat him out. So I really think that Connor's injury and Big Ben's injury are the only reason that Connor had such an unproductive year. And I do question a little bit of his injury history. I think that he will often get injured, but I just think that uh, next year he's going to bounce back and get Roethlisberger back, and he's going to, again, be what I think would be a top 12 running back next year. Second player uh, that I will list is Melvin Gordon. Gordon finished the year as the number 24 ranked running back. Last year, he ended as the number 7 ranked running back, so quite a fall there from number 7 to 24, and uh, I just think he's going to bounce back. So Gordon, of course, held out the first games of this year, but last year he also missed four games due to injury. So he played the same number of games, but he scored 120 points fewer. So even though he held out four games, last year he missed four games, so it's really the same comparison of these 12 games that he played. But he scored 120 points fewer this last year, which is why he ended at number 24 instead of number 7. And I believe this was entirely due to the surprise involvement and crazy productivity of, of Austin Eckler, who touched the ball, he touched the ball 224 times this year, where last year he only touched the ball 136 times. So that's really what happened here. 
Eckler cut into Gordon's play. Uh, this year, I believe Gordon looked just as good as he did in 2018, but Eckler looked far better than he did in 2018. And so I think that just judging by how well he played and just looking at the film, that he looked good enough to let the Chargers know that they don't need to sign Gordon next year. That's Eckler I'm referring to. Eckler played good enough to let them know they don't need to re-sign Gordon after all. So I believe that Gordon will leave in free agency and sign with another team that will give him the leading role in their backfield. Um, he's only 26 years old, so I believe that he'll get a four-year contract from a new team that will ride him until he hits that 30-year-old plateau. So this is a little bit of speculation here, but I'm still saying Melvin Gordon's going to bounce back, but he's going to bounce back uh, with another team other than the Chargers. Third bounce-back candidate is Kerryon Johnson. Johnson finished the year as the number 51-ranked running back, whereas last year he ended the season as the number 34. So neither of those very good rankings largely due to his injuries, which we'll talk about, but still a 17-spot uh, drop in the rankings from last year to the end of this year. I believe that he'll bounce back, though. Uh, Johnson missed eight games this year due to injury. Last year, he missed six games due to injury. Admittedly, I do worry that he's going to get uh, injured every year, uh, but I'm choosing to believe in Johnson for at least one more year. I'm giving him one more year, basically, uh, largely because none of the backups in Detroit did anything to prove that they're better than him. And I really believe Detroit cannot afford to draft a running back high in this year's draft, if at all, because they have so many other holes to fill on their team, especially on their defense. So they've got this early draft pick, that they, speculation that they might trade. If they do trade that draft pick, perhaps they're going to get a, pick up a couple more picks in the draft, in which case they might draft a running back. But I'm still not sure. I think that they just have too many other needs that they need to address. And uh, Kirion will return to the starting role next year, I really believe. So I'm going to give him one more chance to prove that he can produce for a full season. I think he'll be a bounce back and can get up into the top 24 in our rankings, be a great running back number two. Moving on to receiver, and our fourth candidate here is a bounce back, is Devontae Adams. He finished the year as a number 24 wide receiver, so barely a wide receiver two. But last year he ended the season as a number four ranked receiver, so pretty big difference. And I just believe he's going to bounce back and to, into that top 10 range for sure. Adams played three fewer games than he did last year, but he was nearly as productive if you just go by average points per game. So this year he was 15.5 uh, points per game. Last year he was 19.3 points per game. Adams was, was the number seven ranked wide receiver this year based on average points per game. So if you just don't go by the total, you just take away the injured games and go by average points per game, he was still number seven. So he's still a top 10 wide receiver in average points per game. So this 24 ranked, 24 ranked finish is actually pretty deceptive. I think the difference is solely based on his touchdowns. Um, since uh, he scored just five touchdowns this year compared to 13 last year. That's really the difference there. I think Adams is still his top five dynasty wide receiver, um, and barring injury, he'll surely finish in the top 12 wide receivers next year, no doubt. Next bounce back candidate, similar to Adams, is uh, Tyreek Hill. He'll finish the year as the number 31 ranked wide receiver. Last year, though, he ended the season as the number one wide receiver, so a pretty big drop there from number one to 31. Tyreek Hill owners were disappointed this year, but I believe he'll bounce back. Much of what, what can be said about Devontae Adams can be said of Hill, too. Uh, he was ranked number 12 if you just want to go by average points per game. Um, so just 12th for average, you know, 12th. He's a top 12 if you just go by average points. So take away the games that he was injured and just do the averages, and he's still a top 12 uh, wide receiver. It was those games that he missed due to injury that cost him to finish number 31 this year for sure. And like Adams, his touchdowns dropped. It dropped from 12 two years ago to just seven last year. 
And so that's also addition to Mahomes' touchdown passes also dropped from 50 to 26. That's pretty crazy. Mahomes' touchdown passes this year dropped from 50 last year to 26 this year. Um, and that's really the difference. I think it's completely unrealistic for any of us to have expected Mahomes to throw 50 touchdowns again, like that was a historic year two years ago. But given Mahomes, I also believe it's equally unlikely that he'll throw less than 30, 35 touchdowns next year, like this 26 touchdowns this year. I think that's also the the floor of what he can do. Like, this is crazy. So he's got 50 as a ceiling. We've now seen his floor at 26. Odds are that, that Mahomes is going to be throwing between 30 and 35 touchdowns a year. And so he'll has no need to be concerned that he finished 31 this year. Uh, he's still a top three. I have him ranked as my number three dynasty wide receiver. And I think barring injury, he'll definitely be a top 12 wide receiver at the end of next year too. Next guy we'll talk about is T.Y. Hilton. Hilton finished the year as the 60th ranked uh, wide receiver. And last year he ended as the number 13 ranked wide receiver. So quite a drop from number 13, just outside of the top 12 two years ago than this year ending at number 60. I still believe he's going to bounce back, though. Here's what I think. Hilton's value dropped uh, significantly the day that Andrew Luck shockingly announced his retirement. That was so painful. Jacoby Brissett was surprisingly efficient to begin the year, and Hilton benefited. He was still scoring an average of 13.7 points per game, but after Hilton was injured, Brissett became much more ineffective. Brissett scored 18 points per game when Hilton was healthy and only 14.5 points per game when Hilton was out or when he was hampered by his injury. So Hilton, I think, really carries Brissett, and he opens up the field for all the other targets in Indianapolis. Admittedly, uh, soft tissue issues on a 30-year-old speed wide receiver that needs his speed to really open things up does cause me some concern, but I still believe in Hilton. I think he's going to bounce back next year, and he can maintain a top 24 wide receiver, so he can be a wide receiver too in our lineups, I believe, for the next few years. Similar to Hilton, we've got Adam Thielen. Thielen finished the year as number 61 wide receiver, whereas last year he was ranked number 6. So pretty big difference there, 55-spot difference from last year to this year. But I think he's going to bounce back. I don't believe he's ever going to finish the season as a top 10 uh, wide receiver like he did in 2018, but I do believe he's going to continue to outproduce Stefan Diggs and be Kirk Cousins' primary target like he was for even the most recent playoff games that we witnessed. Um, this is the first time in Thielen's history that he's, that he's battled an injury, so this is just completely new to him. And I don't believe it's going to become a pattern for him at all. Uh, he is 29 years old, but I think at, at 29, he still has four to five more top 24 wide receiver seasons ahead. I think he's a very, very safe wide receiver uh, number two in your dynasty lineup. So I'm believing he's going to bounce back, and he's going to be a great wide receiver two for the next several years to come. This injury was a fluke this year. Third and most contra- uh, third guy, these are all, this is funny. So Hilton was number 60, Thielen was number 61, and now I'm going to talk about Brandon Cooks, who was ranked number 62. So 60, 61, 62. You have these, you know, historically great receivers of, over the last couple of years that all finished in the 60s. Um, this is my most controversial one to say that I still believe will bounce back, though. That's Brandon Cooks. Like I said, he did finish as number 62 ranked wide receiver last year, but he ended the season as the number 14 wide receiver two years ago. So I just think he's going to bounce back. And based on the trades that I've seen and even one that I made last week, most people do not believe Cooks will bounce back. Cooks definitely became the the Rams' third most targeted wide receiver last year behind Woods and Cup. Some games, he was even written entirely out of the game plan. It was really, really frustrating. Uh, Add to that the fact that tight end Tyler Higbee was so involved in the offense at the end of the season and there is reason to believe that he'll not bounce back. And finally, there's his five con- concussions that leave Dynasty owners worried. 
with all that evidence stacked against him, I still believe that he'll bounce back. Here's why. Uh, first, his history suggests that he can do it again. I, I just can't believe that he can drop off this fast when he's had four straight years of 1,000 yards receiving, um, 200 fantasy points uh, per year, and I just watch. I just watch him, and I think that there's nothing different. He's an excellent receiver, and the film does not suggest that he's lost a step at all. Secondly, he's young. He's 26. Um, he has two more years on his contract in Los Angeles. And plus, if the Rams trade Cook, which is considerable, they might do that. If they trade him, he's proven that he can switch teams and produce the same, having done so already. You know, having played for New Orleans and the Patriots and the Rams. Even his first season with those teams, he continued, like I said, with those four years straight of 1,000 yards and up to 200 points in fantasy. I just think that if he's traded this offseason, he'll be great for whichever team uh, he goes to. I'm highly invested in Cooks, I admit, and I'm actually still buying him. Um, I traded him this, this week. I traded for him, and I gave up a 2021 second-round pick for him this week. So I'm a believer, and I'm going to be proven wrong, or I'll be proven very right. We'll see. Ninth player that I have on my bounce-back list is Juju Smith-Schuster. This one's pretty easy. Uh, Juju finished the year as the number 63-ranked receiver. Uh, last year, he ended the season as the number 8-ranked eight wide receiver. So pretty big fall. We all know what this is due to. Um, this is pretty easy to diagnose. What happened was that Juju got hurt and that Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. Um, I look at the younger wideouts in Pittsburgh, James Washington and Deontay Johnson. They really did play well. Uh, considering they had the backup quarterbacks. But I think that when Big Ben comes back, he's going to continue to have eyes for Juju first. Like, like they've already got that connection. I think it's going to continue, uh, let alone the fact that he's 23 years old. So he's actually younger than some of the wide receivers that are coming out in this year's draft. So he's got that. He's got the youth. He's got Big Ben's eye. I think he's still going to be the first uh, wide receiver target there in Pittsburgh. He's going to bounce back, um, as will Pittsburgh's entire offense, like I said dropping from 28.6 points per game to 18.1 points per game just because Big Ben was out. Uh, get Big Ben back in there, Juju's going to be just fine. And Finally, I'll add one tight end here. I'll add Jack Doyle. On this one, I'll admit that I'm cheating a bit on this one because Doyle actually scored more points this year than he did last year, um, but not near as many points as he did in 2016 and 2017. So like T.Y. Hilton, uh, he lost a ton of dynasty value when Andrew Luck retired because Luck love to target his tight ends, especially in the red zone. But that said, so does Coach Reich. Reich really likes to t uh, target his tight ends too. Uh, the tight end uh, is going to be a featured target in the offense, and it has been with Doyle and with Ebron the last two years. It looks like Ebron may not be on the rosters. This is a big thing for me. I think that Ebron's probably not going to be on the Colts roster next year. And so I think Doyle should finally get the bulk of the work. If you just go back to 2017, where he did have luck, so he did have luck, that makes a big difference, um, and it was without Ebron and without Reich, um, Doyle finished as the fourth most targeted tight end in the league. So just three years ago, he's the fourth most targeted tight end in the entire league, and I just believe that he's going to be a top 10 targeted tight end this next year. It's true that many younger tight ends have jumped him in the top 12 dynasty, in the dynasty value. You'll see I have Doyle ranked number 15. And so a lot of younger guys have jumped ahead of him, and rightly so, because of their youth. But um, Doyle, I think, if you were just to say this next year, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Doyle scored more points in 2020, or maybe even more points in 2021 than a lot of the younger tight ends that I have ranked higher in my dynasty value. But year to year, these next two years, I think that Doyle uh, has going to score more than a lot of those younger guys that I have ranked ahead as far as dynasty rankings. So those are my top 10 bounce-back candidates. 
That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. I always say make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at Dynasty Freaks. That's Freaks with two E's. Dynasty Freaks at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter, so email me for sure. I'd be honored, too, if you would take time to rate and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until then, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.